You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. So welcome to episode number 13 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we're going to be talking about should Moroccans move overseas to study and to work? Is that a good idea to to emigrate, to leave Morocco? But before we get into our topic for the day, Ryan, where in the world are you right now? Hey Ryan, yeah, we spent about three weeks in the Washington DC area and now we've flown out to California to visit some friends and family and I've also got a, a couple of business meetings with current clients and potential clients. So as we speak, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's very nice. It's In fact, it's a lot like Morocco. Climate, the geography, you have the West Coast is all along the ocean. You have inland valleys that are agricultural. You have mountains with ski resorts and snow. You have deserts, very similar in terms of climate and geography to Morocco. So it's somewhat familiar. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, work-wise, I just continue to do my remote uh, work for my Moroccan clients. And and I'm continuing to do business development and refining my product offerings for my digital products. I'm also working out some client relations. There's one client that I have who is not following the process. I don't know if you've ever heard of the TV show The Profit with Marcus Lemonis. It's a great show. I like it. He's basically a multimillionaire and he he goes into struggling small businesses and he evaluates the three P's, people, process, and product. And usually if you can get those three right, then you will have a successful business. And most often, he helps the small business owners with their process. And he's always repeating and emphasizing the same thing to these small business owners, which is follow the process. He has designed a process, and it works. And if you follow it, you will be successful. Right. And this is often the same conversation I have with my clients, which is you have a good product, you have good people, You just need to follow a process and you will see the the desired results. And unfortunately, this particular client is is not following the process and is not seeing the results that they want and getting impatient. So uh, (laughs) we'll see how that unfolds. But uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting situation because this is also a client that I was sort of this is a client that I had doubts about when I first signed them mm-hmm. in terms of being a good partner, in terms of being a, a, having a good relationship. Because one of the worst things that you can do is take on a client that you know it's not going to work 
they pay you, you don't get the results that they want, and then now you have essentially a bad referral. Right. Uh, I think it's better to to not take on a client like that than to to not meet their expectations. And one of the things that my dad told me a long time ago, right? He said, "Ryan, if you can't do something well, you shouldn't do it at all. And if you can't represent a client well and you can't do good work for them, you should probably just avoid doing it and focus on clients where you have a high expectation of being able to do good work for them." Yeah. That's very true, but it's it's hard to say no to money, particularly when you're starting out, particularly when you're you're wanting to to boost your income. But in the, that goes back to the episode we did on long-term thinking, where if you do take on even a paying client, but you can't help them very much, it will not serve your business in the long run. Yeah, I have a process that I've developed over the years, and it works when it's implemented correctly. Mm-hmm. And I did have doubts about whether or not this client was going to be able to implement the process, and those doubts have turned out to be true. And so unfortunately, even though I did get paid, it has ended up being a waste of time because I could have been focusing my efforts on another client that was going to be a long-term client as opposed to taking some quick money up front and then eventually losing the client because they were unable to follow the process. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Better, better sooner than later. I can now focus on other people and uh, other other efforts. Yeah, that's right. What about you? Well, uh, this morning I had a great meeting. Me and a sales guy from a company I'm working with. We were at a major company and uh, made a bit of a presentation about some training we'd like to do, and it went very well. It's looking positive, so hopefully that leads to a contract. Um, it's right in that this difficult window actually where it's Ramadan right now so people aren't looking to, to do any training right now and then there's just a real short window in the month of June kind of between the Eid and when everybody goes on vacation and that doesn't seem like it's going to be long enough so really we're working on signing something for the fall. But I got to tell you something, the most exciting part of the morning was the drive to the meeting. And the reason is because the new bridge is open in front of the techno park. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were talking about San Francisco, I was thinking about the bridges they have there. I was thinking, well, we don't exactly have the Golden Gate or the Oakland Bridge, but I'm pretty excited about the new bridge in front of uh, Zenith Center and Techno Park because that's going to make a huge difference for traffic in that area. So when you went through, was the traffic basically reduced? Yeah, I mean, it was a morning meeting and it's Ramadan right now, so traffic's already lighter in the first part of the day. But I was just, I was about to exit and go around the roundabouts before I realized that it was open because it was, you know, it opened at 6 a.m. today and so... I almost missed it, and then when I saw it was open, I quickly darted across multiple lanes just so I could experience it for the first time, and I was singing to myself as I went across it. Yeah, so alhamdulillah, it's finally open. Let's get into the topic of the day, which is should Moroccans move overseas for education or business opportunities or work opportunities? 
And Ryan, you mentioned you did a video that you posted on your YouTube channel last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. H- how has that uh, video been received? Yeah, when I posted it, I wasn't sure how it would be because the stance I took was I was encouraging people to remain in Morocco. And the evidence I was giving or the reasons I was giving were, number one, that there's a lot of opportunities here. And I was sharing some of those reasons. But then number two, I was saying life isn't as amazing as you might imagine overseas. And it's particularly difficult when you immigrate somewhere. There's a lot of challenges associated with that when you're living outside of your own culture and language and network. And I wasn't sure how it would be received because a lot of people I meet really wrestle with this decision. And people are always asking me, oh, how can I emigrate to Canada? Do you know anybody? Can you help me out? And I was surprised that there was a mostly positive feedback. Most people were were encouraged um, by my efforts to help them see how great things are here and giving people more more hope and more reason to stay. But there were still a few people that, you know, have complaints about issues we've got in Morocco and were very explicit in their reasons why they they were hoping to to move and start life somewhere else. But overall, very positive. That's good. Let's uh, let's start with a few of those challenges a Moroccan will face when moving overseas, particularly to the United States or, or Canada or Europe. One of the things that has been quite shocking to me, maybe shocking is too strong of a word, but it has been surprising and it has been a bit of a wake-up call is especially in the Washington DC area and California, is the cost of living. When I go into a grocery store here, it is a big difference. Yeah. So I'm used to Carrefour and Marjan and street vendor prices. Mm-hmm. And I would say on average, the grocery stores in the United States are twice as expensive. Yeah. If you were to take all the products, especially fruits and vegetables, it is significantly more expensive. Yeah. And so that's one of the challenges when you're you're moving overseas from Morocco. You may move to the United States and get a, a better job, but essentially every single aspect of life is going to be more expensive for you. Right. Utilities, cars, housing, food, medical care, all of these things are going to be more expensive. That will pre- present a challenge, especially if you go to the grocery store today in Morocco and you think things are expensive. Right. It, it's very true. I mean, people look at the salaries being advertised abroad and they think, oh my goodness, can you imagine if I was making double, triple, five times what I'm making now? But it very often is relative to the cost of living and particularly in big cities where the majority of these jobs are available, it's very, very tough to maintain a lifestyle you might be enjoying in Morocco. Um, the food is a huge one, as you, as you mentioned. I mean, we eat very, very healthy here in Morocco because we can afford to, whereas eating healthy in these other countries is very expensive. Um, particularly if you live in Northern Europe or in Canada or the Northern US, because it's so much um, 
dependent on the weather. And when it gets to the winter months, all the food is imported from a long way away, which of course makes it not as healthy, but definitely drives up the prices. So the fresh fruit and vegetable that we eat, the amount of it we consume, we couldn't afford to do. I mean, our kids don't realize that things like red peppers and cherry tomatoes and blueberries, those were really expensive when we lived in Canada and it was considered a treat. We had to really ration them. Whereas here, I mean, we let our kids eat as much of that stuff as they want. So cost of living is one challenge. Uh, another challenge for Moroccan moving overseas is language and culture. If you're going to get one of these high paying jobs in one of these foreign countries, you're typically going to have to have a very solid grasp on the language and the culture. If you're moving to the United States and you're going to apply for a job that is high paying, you're essentially going to have to be fluent in English. And not just formal English, but informal English, slang, you're going to have to have a good grasp and have to be able to have a conversation with a wide variety of people in order to have even a chance of getting one of these high paying jobs. And you're also going to have to understand the culture, which we have talked about on this podcast. Moroccan culture is quite different from American culture um, or Canadian culture. And if you're going to succeed in some of these environments, you need to have a good understanding of the differences so that you can effectively work on a team, you can meet the, the said and unsaid expectations of your boss. I'm not saying it's impossible, but if you don't have a good grasp of the native language of the country that you want to move to, and you don't really understand the culture, that is going to be a challenge for you when you arrive and you'll have to adapt uh, somehow and, and there could be some growing pains involved. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about the area that you work in and the current job that you have, how much of your role is based on your ability to communicate and to be articulate. So if you're listening to this podcast, you clearly understand English. You have quite a high level of English. But are you able to really express yourself fluently, quickly, um, in a way that people can really follow and understand? And as you mentioned, with there's a lot of culture tied into language as well. So when your boss says something like, look, we really need to hit a home run on this on this project, or, you know, look, it's fourth and one, so I say we go for it. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about right now? Because I'm making sports references that are very specific to North American culture. Even Europeans would struggle to understand what I just said. And that's something that is difficult. You, you don't always pick up on these subtleties or these expressions or the humor. And that can affect your career as well as your relationships outside of work. Americans love their sports references and their slangs <laughs> and their mottos. Yeah. So you can be completely lost if you're not familiar with these terms. Yeah, maybe we should put a, uh, a link to a, a website or a YouTube video that explains American football jargon for people. Yeah, let's put that in the resources <laughs> of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Click Apporté. 
ClickApporte.com is a groundbreaking online shopping platform that allows individuals and businesses in Morocco to purchase goods online from a wide range of international marketplaces and pay in dirhams. You can pay by credit card, certified check, wire transfer, and soon, cash plus. ClickApporte manages the entire process, clears customs, and delivers right to your door. Their prices are transparent and clearly communicated at the time of checkout. They have a no surprises policy, which means you pay what you agreed to pay, even if customs or shipping charges are higher than expected. Can you see how exciting this is? You can use the ClickApporte app, shop on Amazon in Spain or France, order what you want, and pay in dirhams. You don't worry about the douane, it just shows up at your door. ClickApporte, you want it, we get it. Now back to the show. Another area that can be challenging is certain qualifications may not transfer. So I've met people working in Toronto who were professionals in their home environment in the country where they were living before immigration, but the qualifications that they enjoyed were not recognized by the Canadian authorities. And so they were forced to kind of start over in their careers and were forced to take jobs that were far below the level that they had achieved in their home country. Yeah, that is another issue that I was going to mention. Credentials are are difficult when they transfer from foreign countries into the United States. But that's not just because they don't companies don't value your credentials. It's because overall university degrees are becoming less and less valuable, less and less meaningful for employers, and they're giving more credence, more weight to technical proficiency, to referrals, to recommendations. But that does transition to some of the opportunities that Moroccans have overseas, particularly in the United States, since that's my my home country and I know the most about Uh, the United States, if you are a Moroccan and you have technical expertise, you have credentials, you have the ability to do something, your best opportunity will likely be starting a business. And the reason is, of all the places that we've mentioned, the United States is by far the easiest place to start and run a business. The regulations are low, relatively speaking, the taxes are relatively low, the infrastructure is pretty good. The availability of, of hardworking, educated people to work in your business is good. So let's say you're an electrician, you're a plumber, you're a doctor, a dentist, a computer scientist. Assuming you, you take the, the state licensing exams, if they exist for your business, you have a good opportunity to to start that business and do well because what people care about is your ability to provide a valuable product or service regardless of your credentials. While a, a company may not give credence to your credentials, there may be customers out there who appreciate your product or your service and will be willing to pay for it. Yeah, I and I will say another real benefit to going overseas for Moroccans is that if you study 
and or work in one of these Western nations, it really gives you a lot of leverage in coming back to Morocco. So a lot of the professionals that I work with, a lot of the, the clients that I do training with, a high percentage of them spent time overseas, either for their education or their early years of work experience. And upon coming back to Morocco, they were able to gain a very high position because companies just look very favorably on what they gained and their mindset and their work ethic and some of the, the strengths that they bring to the table from their experiences overseas. So even if you plan on you know, raising your family or retiring or settling in the long run in Morocco, doing a stint, doing you know, several years or your education abroad does have some benefits upon your return here. I completely agree. If you're a Moroccan and you can get accepted to a US or Canadian or European university, I think you should go especially if you will have help paying the tuition, whether it's a friend or a relative or the Moroccan government, as long as you're not going to be left with a huge amount of student loan debt, then I think it's a great idea to go overseas and study abroad and get diploma or a degree from a foreign university. In fact, if you're a, a younger Moroccan, you're in high school, lycée or college, and you're looking to go to university overseas, send us an email at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll see if we can connect you to someone who specializes in helping foreign students get accepted to U.S. universities. Now, this service is not cheap, but for many foreign students trying to get acceptance into universities and also, and also apply for grants and scholarships, the return on investment can be significant. So again, if you're a student in Morocco and you're looking to go to U U.S. university, send us an email and we'll see if we can connect you to... Um, this education consultant that specifically helps foreign students get get into American universities. That's cool, man. Is that somebody you know? Yeah, it was a friend that I used to work with in a job that I had 10 years ago. Yeah. And he specifically started a business. He's in Dubai. And he helps foreign students get into U.S. universities in terms of shaping their curriculum their courses during high school, developing their extracurricular activities, meaning their hobbies, their their habits that are outside of school, mm -hmm. helping them develop their ability to take the entrance exams, the SAT test, the ACT test. It's a four-year relationship meaning the best chance you have of getting into university is starting four years before you want to go so that your application will be as strong as possible. So his customers are really parents. Right. Actually, I have a meeting tomorrow with a guy here in Casa. Well, he, he's based in Rabat, but he's taking the train down. And he's approaching me about a... I think he does a similar business. I've just seen him on Instagram, but he 
I think is interested in potentially doing some sort of collaboration or um, maybe a sponsored video or something. I don't know what kind of funds they have because I think they're pretty young, but that might be an option for one of our sponsors on the podcast. I, I think he runs kind of a similar style business where he helps people get scholarships and get accepted to universities overseas. Yeah, it's a big business. It's a growing business. And again, if you're Moroccan, you can get accepted to U.S. University and go to that school with, and again, this is the key point, without coming out of that university with huge amounts of student loan debt. It's a much different discussion on whether or not you should go to U.S. University if you are going to have significant student loan debt. I'm talking about 40, 50, a hundred thousand US dollars in student loan debt, which is very common for American students today and is a very difficult debt to pay off in the long term. Yeah, so imagine graduating and being a million dirhams in the hole. That's no way to start your career. That would be like shackles or handcuffs. Exactly. So while we're talking about the, the opportunities and the challenges of moving overseas, let's talk a little bit more about the challenges and opportunities of staying in Morocco. Ryan, what are some of the challenges that you saw in your commentaries on your video regarding what Moroccans think about the difficulties of staying in Morocco? Well, one of the big ones is unemployment. You know, a lot of young people just feel like there aren't opportunities. Like it's very, very difficult to get a job. And so they feel like, oh, if I went overseas, it would be far easier. The unemployment rate is lower or I'd have a much higher chance of just getting hired and being able to get started. When you're still living with your parents, you're done your degree, but you can't kind of get life started with a good job. It can feel very discouraging and it's easy to sort of look across the ocean and think that's where the answer lies. Another thing was people mentioned you know, the challenges we have here with our healthcare system. People are frustrated by the current state of things. And people are also frustrated with different things the government does. Um, they feel like there's less human rights here or the government's slow or corrupt, those kinds of things. Those were the main things about the comments. Some people didn't like what was going on and others just felt frustrated because they couldn't get a job. Yeah, I think that there is some truth to all those things that you mentioned. I will tell you that in terms of medical care, the costs are significantly lower in Morocco than they are in the United States. Now, you may be able to get insurance, but insurance costs are very high. I think the average cost of insurance for a family of four in the United States is 10,000 dirhams a month. Wow. Now, if you get that insurance through your employer, then you will be paying less, of course. It's still very high. Or if you want to go to a doctor who doesn't take insurance, it could be a thousand or two thousand dirhams just for an appointment, just for a consultation. Some other challenges in Morocco that I've seen, of course, high unemployment. The regulations on business are pretty restrictive, especially when it comes to employment law, high taxes, and the one that I'm becoming more familiar with as of late is the high cost of commercial or retail space for a business. And that presents an, a, a severe obstacle to new business formation. When you talk about high unemployment, it's not for no reason. 
it's because it's difficult to start and grow and maintain a business in certain parts of Morocco in certain industries. To the extent that the taxes are low, that the regulations are low, that the cost of doing business is low, you will have less unemployment. You will have higher employment rates and you will have more job opportunities because the more businesses that exist, the more competition there will be for employees and wages will go up and employment will go down. But if it is very hard to start a business and to maintain a business, then there's going to be fewer opportunities. We've talked in a previous episode about the fear business owners have of hiring permanent employees because the labor laws are so favorable towards employees. It's very difficult to fire someone that's underperforming. And so that makes people reluctant to hire and that restricts businesses from expanding and that raises the unemployment rate. So here for our listeners is a concrete step. Here is a very practical step that I'm about to give you to deal with all of these challenges of living in Morocco and working in Morocco. And that is go sign up today for your auto entrepreneur card. It's almost free, it's very easy, it takes about two weeks. Go to La Poste, sign up, start a bank account. Once you get your card, you will be able to work as an independent contractor, as a freelancer. And you will be able to go into businesses and offer to do services for them without difficulty that we mentioned regarding full-time employment. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to take advantage of the fact that Morocco has a growing economy, that the infrastructure is improving. You mentioned the bridge. Mm-hmm. We have mentioned that the internet access and speed is very good in Morocco. There are also other changes. The fact that the United Kingdom is leaving the European Union is actually presenting quite a few opportunities for Morocco. For example, Society Generale is moving a lot of jobs to Casablanca from Great Britain. Hmm. And these types of trends are going to continue because as we've mentioned in a previous episode, for the next 50 years, Africa is going to be the only growing continent in the world. Yeah, That is going to present many opportunities considering that Morocco is one of the leaders in terms of economy and market in Africa. And there are a lot of companies that are growing their businesses in Morocco. Yep, I've met, I've met people who have come from Europe to work in business here. So the, the application Babelist, which is a, a, an online marketplace using your smartphone, um, those guys moved from Northern Europe came to Casablanca specifically to start that application because they recognized this as a an unsaturated market. They saw an opportunity there. Same thing with Glovo, which is a delivery service that's available in multiple Moroccan cities. It's a Spanish startup and they're here in Morocco because they want to tap into this market. Um, Jumia, we've talked about before. It's another example that is a company that's doing well here. There was somebody who, who commented on the, the video I made where he said, 
I'm a Canadian citizen born and raised in Morocco and confirm that it's not worth it. If you're from the middle class in Morocco, then there's absolutely no reason why you would move anywhere else. I'm moving back as the economy and living standard in Canada is really getting bad. There's so much opportunity in Morocco, especially if you're willing to start your own business. And so this is a guy named Anwar who is coming from Canada to Morocco because he's seeing more opportunities looking this way. This is a really difficult question because people love their country. They love Morocco, but they also want to build a great life. And it looks like there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of benefits to going abroad. But I just want to encourage you that there are people doing incredible things here in Morocco. And Brain Drain, this name for the young and the best and the brightest moving overseas because they have opportunity, it really is hurting Morocco. And in some ways, there's a temptation to look at the problems in Morocco and escape from them, to run away from them. But we need young people to stay and to invest and to help bring positive change here. So I know it's not an easy decision. I know it is a real challenge, but I'm hoping that this next generation, there'll be a lot of young people that decide to roll up their sleeves, invest here and make it a better place. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk here with my co-host Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.